0: Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT Pick'em's Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Paguaga, and this week, I am joined by Scott Erickson. Uh, Scott is joining the show this week, Sean Boley cranking out some great content for Game Time CT. So we decided, you know, we'd have Scott on the pod. I'm sure you know who Scott is and have heard Scott on these podcasts before. High and Tight Baseball, Scott and I do together. Um and other things. So Scott, welcome to the to the Pick'em's pod
1: for the first time. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um I, I know people are excited to see the person that's in ninth place in the standings, you know, show up here and uh and explain why <laughs> some of these picks have been made. But no, super excited to be here. Always love doing podcasts with you, Pete.
0: Yeah, I mean I asked the ball if they wanted to join first, but they were a little busy, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the eight, so
1: is, the eight ball is nipping at my heels here. So,
0: the eight ball, I'm surprised, is sitting at 500. Uh, usually it falls off real quick. Um, yeah. but I think St. Joe's has really carried the eight ball this year. If we're being, yeah, and honest. St. Joe's is
1: an eight ball favorite. I, I, and I love. You saw the sign when we were up there. The, the eight ball is never wrong, or whatever the sign yeah, said. They, like, I, I love that the kids embrace that stuff.
0: They had uh, Saint George had a sign at New Canaan on Friday, and it was like the eight ball went to confession, <laughs> um, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Uh, speaking of the standings, uh, Week Eight, Sean Bowley stays on a hot streak, following up a ten and zero goes nine and one. Uh, so he's gone nineteen and one in his last two. Um, which has helped catapult him in the first place. Stewart went nine and one. Brecklin, Forno, McNamee went eight and two. Joe Morelli went eight and two. Myself and the big boss, Sean Barker, went seven and three. Scott, you went six and four. And the eight Mm -hmm. ball went five and five. Overall, Boley and Forno are tied at the top with 59 right. McNamee behind him, 58. Stewart, 57. Me with 55. Morelli, 54. Barker, 53. Brecklin, 52. Scott, you have 51 right, and the eight balls got 40. We the standings are starting to, you know, differentiate, uh, starting to spread out. There's not a lot of ties right now. Uh, what do you see in the standings that really jumps well, out? Well, I Scott? like that.
1: I'm only four behind you, right? So, yes. look, if Valley Regional wins last week, these standings look a lot different. I'm the yes. only person to pick them. If Barlow wins last week, these standings look a lot different. I've made a few, uh, as we say, YOLO picks this year where I'm the only one standing alone with the team. Um, but those games have also been super close, you know, yeah. new Fairfield aside. Um, I lose by one point in that Valley game. Man, I was watching that on Twitter, just like,
0: come on, Valley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no connection to the school. I just <laughs> <win it. laughs> but look, I mean, dude, I'm only four behind you. I'm nipping at your heels. I go on a yeah. heater like Bully had. I'm right there. You know, yeah, I don't know exactly. if we are going to catch the top guys, but I can pull myself out of ninth place. And, um, you know, like Dan Brecklin – is such a busy guy. Like people though, I don't know if people even know he's like the managing editor and he runs sports, and it's like he doesn't have time to like look at these picks and do all this. I, I gotta be ahead of him. <laughs> well, that's Just what I used to say. That, like, I have a little, I'm actually looking at it and spending time at it, and I'm still not winning.
0: That's what I used to say about McNamee. I'm like, how am I losing to Chris? But then you get to know Chris and you get to learn that Friday nights while Chris is doing his work, he's got like four screens open and he's watching all the different games. Right. And he, about,
1: he is, he reads literally every story that comes yes. through. So he, he reads every, he every is obligated category. to read every story that comes through. Yeah. And it <laughs> serves him well. He's done awesome in the picks. Like
0: yeah, he's the reigning champion. So, man, we have so I, to got some, I got, I got some
1: work to do. I think this yeah. week I got some picks that are really going to, Push me forward in the standings. Yes, absolutely.
0: So we're going to jump into those picks because we have a great amount of games that could go multiple different ways. I don't think a lot of these games are one-sided. I think there are coin flips in these for a lot of these games. I could see either team winning in all of these games. Like sometimes I'll pick like a rivalry game because it, it, it drums up interest but at the same time you're like well this team hasn't won this game in forever like all of these games are very entertaining and have a lot of reasons to be picked and either team could win these games so we're going to start right at the top Scott are you ready for your first you know your first live pickems, or are you ready for the first time you're picking your games live on the show even though it's not (laughs) live but you're gonna be picking them are you ready
1: oh I'm so ready I All got right. notes. I came prepared. I good. Came prepared. I'm
0: excited. All right, cuz I got notes too. So we got double notes, very excited. All I right. Come in
1: heavy. I come in heavy.
0: All right. We're going to start up in the CCC like we do every week and we got 1 versus 2. We got set number 1 Southern whos 7 and 0. They're going to Falcon Field, the home of the Steam Cheeseburger to face the number 2 7 and 0 Maloney Spartans 1 versus 2. It doesn't get better than this. Um I'll be honest, these two programs haven't really played a lot. Uh, Last year, they did play for the first time since Mike Drury and Kevin Frederick were the head coaches at both Maloney and Southington. Uh, If you read my story last year, they're like best friends, went to college together, were roommates, very close. Um, They usually share film practice together. They couldn't last season because they opened against each other. In one of the worst games I've ever covered, uh, so many penalties, just a disaster of a game, but Southington won 13-7. Um, since that Maloney hasn't lost Maloney has won 19 straight games, including the class L championship. They're out to a seven or no start. They've had some pretty good wins, including Scott, you and I were at that game, uh, when Maloney beat Darian, which was a big win for that program at the time, despite what Darianne's you know, season and record had looked like at that point, hashtag Darian's back. Um, and Southington seven and no. But the big one was to come from behind, down twenty-one, nothing, win over Greenwich, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. A lot has changed since then. Evan Anderson for Southington is out for the season. Okay, uh, but Southington still is Lincoln Cardillo ru- ru- running the ball. You know, he's like he's on Team Pete this year. He's an all-time Pete Paguaga kind of guy. C.J. Debetedetto the quarterback, is an awesome baseball player. Remember that name for the spring, Scott. Uh, but he's under center, playing really well. Maloney, Boganski still here from last year's team. JoJo, Josiah Gonzalez uh, was on the team last year. Obviously, big strides this year, be kind of becoming the guy. And my also on team, Pete Poguaga. Kyle Valentine, uh, the quarterback, the best five foot six quarterback in the state. Uh, also a pretty good baseball player. Uh, this game's got a lot. It's at Falcon this time. Uh, Falcon Field can get hostile in terms of like loud crowds. They're kind of right on top of you. Uh, I am pumped. I'm going to this game. Scott, since it's your first time on the show, I will let you go first. Who do you like in this game? What stands out for you? Why are you picking the team that you're picking?
1: I think that this is, it's Maloney's time. They won a state title last year. They broke that barrier. They went to Darien and they won that game on the road. Nobody thought they were going to win that game outside that locker room. Now they're gonna go up and take down the number one team in the state. Uh, they're gonna become the number one team in the state for the first time in my memory. I don't know if if it's ever happened before. I would doubt it. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, look, Maloney had a super close game against Newington who is not as bad as their record. They've had a lot of close games. Um obviously a very good team could pull away in this one, but I believe in that Falcon field magic. And the fact that this game is at Maloney, look, I think it can go either way. Obviously, that's why we're picking this. They're one, number one and number two teams in the state, but it's Maloney's time. I'm going Maloney, my first pick. Boom.
0: Well, look, there is some Falcon Field magic. It's a fun place to watch a game, but I'm going to pull up this note. Um, so, in the previous number one versus number two matchups that uh, from 2005, right, the number two team won Xavier over Southington. The number two team won Xavier over Notre, number one Notre Dame West Haven. 2015, the number two Darien team over the number one Southington team. In 2016, number one Darien beat number two New Canaan in overtime. In 2019, the number two Saint Joseph team beat the number one Daniel Hand team in the Class L finals. Last year, number one Darien beat number two Saint Joseph's. Southington has been on the losing end of this game as the number one seed twice since 2005. And the number two team has won four of the six previous meetings since 2005. That said, I'm going with the Blue Knights. Maloney's going to be very angry with me. They're going to chirp me. They're going to be a little nasty uh, in a fun way. But I'm going with Southernton. I've said this on this show since, I think, week three or whenever Southington beat Greenwich. And I said it again last week, and I said it this week on the meat grinder. Southington is the most complete team that I have seen this season. Offense, they can run the ball, they can throw the ball. Defense, they tackle well, they can can force turnovers, they don't really get beat too many times on big plays, and if they do, they adjust and fix it, and they have really good special teams. They don't make a super amount of mistakes. They won't get in their own way. Okay? That's the reason why I'm going with Southington in this game. I've just been so impressed. I've seen them twice. Um, I mean, you got two of the best coaches in the state going at it. Two really good programs. I mean, if Maloney wins this game, this is everything that Kevin Frederick wanted since he took over and built Maloney into this program. Winning the state title is awesome. Being the number one team in the state would be really cool for them as well. I just don't see it being now... But that said, Maloney will have other opportunities the way the program is, and they're kind of in this realm of top teams now. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with Southington in this game. It's it's going to be a great one, but I think at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be the Blue Knights who are number one, who will continue to be the number one team after this week. Are you uh, going to this
1: game? I will be there. Okay, be so there. Maloney fans, Pete will be there.
0: I'm going to be hiding on the Southington side. Much <laughs> No, but I'm going to go get my steamed cheeseburger
1: before. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna go to Kayla Mays and go to exactly. steamed cheeseburger. Well, that's what I told the
0: Greenwich football team's going. The Greenwich football account, like, tweeted at me, they're like, we'll, we'll be there because they're playing Saturday. I'm like, go yeah. to Ted's or Kayla Mays and try out
1: the local cuisine. You got it. You got to try it. You got to try it. It's a lot of cheese, but you got to A lot it. of cheese. So worth
0: it. All right. So we're going to go to the CTC. We got five and two Cheney Tech. Going to Thames River to play the 6 0 Crusaders. Uh, Chini Tech, the defending CTC champions, going up against Thames River, uh, who has just decimated opponents all season. Uh, <clears throat> Chini Tech, though, can score, can move the ball as well. Kevin Bailey's got p- close to 1,000 yards rushing this year. Uh, but Thames River, I mean, we talked about it a lot. Ryan Outlow transferring from Ledyard to St. Bernard's to pl- uh, and playing for Thames River due to that. I mean, he's got close to 800 yards and 15 touchdowns already pair that with Seth Cunningham, who might've been the best returning player in the CTC. He's got 788 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, thunder lightning thing, one thing two, a, you know, one, a one B, whatever you want to call them. Uh, They are a dynamic duo for the crusaders and they are making CTC teams pay. If, if, if it counts, Cheney Tech won last year, but they didn't have Ryan Outlow last year. Um, James River just plowing through the CTC. They have two out-of-conference wins from the Alliance game. They beat Plainfield and Montville, uh, so they're not just beating up on CTC teams. I, I'm going to go first on this one because Scott, we we rotate, so you know I don't I don't I don't steal all your answers. As Bully used to accuse me of doing. That's fair. Um, so I'm going to go first on this one. This one's easy for me. I'm going with Thames River. I don't think there's anything stopping Thames River. And unfortunately, due to scheduling, you know, we don't, we're don't we not probably not going to see Thames River versus Northwest United this year, uh, the two remaining undefeated teams. Uh, who knows? They might link up in the state playoffs, though, because they're both probably going to go. Scott, who do you got in this one?
1: Um, I appreciate you putting this game on. As we always talk about, I, I have trouble... Um saying certain schools' names. And I've always called Cheney Tech, Cheney Tech. And I've always called Thames River, Thames River. So here we go with the pronunciation bowl. And we have a couple more <laughs> to this week, too, that, that are, have always tripped me up. So I, I don't know if you did it on purpose. I did not. <laughs> um, but Thames River, dude, this offense is incredible. They're averaging 50 points a game. Yeah. Averaging 50 points a game. Uh, if Cheney Tech can stop that, Great, but I don't see how that's going to happen. This is a special team uh, out of that league, and and I'm I'm with you. I'm with Thames River in on this one. Absolutely. What's their nickname, by the way? The Crusaders. Okay. Yeah, I was she, hoping for more of a river themed nickname. Chini
0: Check is uh, the Beavers.
1: That's better. That the Thames River should be the Beavers. Well, they're the Crusaders. I know, they, but they, be, they, Beavers live in rivers. I mean, that's you know. true. They
0: <laughs> they they listen to this show though. A lot.
1: Thames River
0: may dislike some people on this Pick'em's board who have picked against them for some reason. Well, that's not Very.
1: me. I'm picking for them, and I think I always pick for them. I, yeah. I, I'm not – this year, like, we've had them Hard a Hard-pressed not to pick them, yeah. Yeah. All right,
0: staying in that area of the state, we're going over to the ECC, the 7-0 Wyndham Whippets. Are traveling once again, because we talked about it numerous times on the show.
1: They're not gonna have a home
0: game till maybe Thanksgiving.
1: Maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe yeah,
0: we'll see. Crazy. Um Sean Bully says it. Their home their first home game this year might be in the playoffs. Um, but they're going to Ledyard to play the six and one Colonels on their beautiful new turf new-ish turf field. <clears throat> that they have. I went there last year. It's it's actually very nice. We went there for a baseball game. They have alpacas and other farm animals. Yeah, Ledger's
1: animals. a nice campus. I like Ledger a lot. It's a nice town. I like it.
0: Uh, but Wyndham, you know, they were a lot of excitement surrounding the Whippets. Their preview was they were pumping themselves up. They were feeling themselves early. Obviously, they came out. They started, I think, 5-0, and 4-0, oh, and, oh, and then they beat killingly, and that opened up a lot of eyes in the state, except for some voters who are still voting killingly above Wyndham, it makes no sense. Uh, but Wyndham, Vic, Victor Meja, over 1,000 yards, rushing 16 touchdowns. Zach Robinson-Smee, the quarterback, he's only thrown for four passing touchdowns. But if you read this website, you have seen his highlight running abilities in the top 10 plays from the from the first half of the year. He's got 600 yards on the ground and 10-plus touchdowns. And then you got the Mangle cousins, uh, Travis and Isaiah, who helped win help Wyndham win a basketball championship at Mohegan Sun, and they are doing their thing on the football field. Wyndham is feeling himself. Then you got Ledger, Ledyard six and one. Ryan Outlaw, who we just talked about, he was on Ledger last year. His brother Justin on Ledger last year. They're both gone, but James Green still there. He's got close to fifteen hundred yards rushing already and twenty touchdowns. Okay. I'm sure they're missing the Outlaws, but James Green has really, really made his mark. A um, couple interesting things about this. The winner gets the ECC Division Two Championship, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, sure, it's, uh, it's on the board. You check it. You're happy. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it's on the know. list, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, though. Ledyard 6-1. and They lost to NFA two weeks ago, which... Not really ideal uh, for them, but both small schools, both in the ECC. Chance to win a championship on the line. Um, Scott, you going with the Whippets or the Colonels?
1: Look, Wyndham's the team to beat in the ECC until we see otherwise, you know? You're a little young for this, but the Road Warriors were an awesome tag team back in the 80s, and they were pretty much unbeatable. And that's sort of how I feel about Wyndham right now. The, the road warrior whippets uh, in the ECC are, are not going to be beaten out there. Um, once they beat Killingly, I just think there's no one out east that was going to stop them. And you know, and, and I think they'll roll into the state tournament undefeated. So I, I'm taking Wyndham in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that, Road Warriors, but I do remember the Yankees A team, the Scranton team, when they were rebuilding the field, It's like five or six year, year years ago. They changed the name to they were like the Scranton Road Warriors for the season or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one of the teams in the independent didn't... League that
1: played with the Bluefish did that, too. Yeah. No home.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, I love this, though. Wyndham 7-0 on the road, baby. Uh, that too. I'm going with. I'm going with the Whippets. I'm going with Wyndham. Um, I'm all about them. They are so much fun. They're having. They're really enjoying this year. You could tell through our Instagram, our Twitter accounts, and, and stuff like that. They are really, really having a fun time, and I love that kind of stuff. Uh, but like you said, once they beat Killingly, and they beat Killingly convincingly, Killingly scored in the final seconds to make it kind of respectable. Uh, but Wyndham really gave it to him and Killingly obviously
1: has come back
0: and. You know, is, is running through every team that's in their way there. Yeah, not but that that
1: it. shows you how good Wyndham is. Absolutely. Killingley is not soft. Like, they're beating everyone else pretty yeah. handily. And Wyndham went in there and beat them up. They came to Brantford and beat the SEC team up, you know, not one of the top teams, but the SEC team, like, on the road. Yeah. That win was just as impressive to me to travel that far and, and win a game like that rolling off a bus. So, yeah. I'm all uh, in on the Whippets, man. A great. Absolutely. Name, by the way. And a
0: great yeah. nickname. Yeah. You, you're yeah. you're, you're going to sell me on that one. <laughs> all right, we're going to uh, we're going to FCAC territory. Uh, this team is on the board, I believe, for the second, maybe third week in a row. We got
1: this was the hardest game. This is the hardest game so? maybe of, the season, of the season to pick for me. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll let you talk about the game, but I, I it was so t- tough for me. I just think this is a real toss-up in that league. Like, all right, so we got four and three Ridgefield
0: traveling to Trumbull to play the five and two Eagles. Which fun fact? This is only the sixth meeting between the two schools since two thousand and four. Yeah, they don't play which much. Is wild.
1: Hap- that happens in the FCAC sometimes. You just the don't
0: scheduling is a disaster. That's a whole other thing. I don't know
1: if it's a disaster, but it's 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 odd. Sometimes it's odd the way teams don't meet New up. New Canaan
0: ever, is playing of top teams. New Canaan's playing this year. They played Saint Joe's and they're getting Darien. That's it. How how why aren't they playing Greenwich? Why aren't they playing know. like Trumbull or Ridge, like? W- Come on. Anyway, they've only played six times. Trumbull leads the since two thousand and four, uh, three to two. New Canaan
1: and Richfield almost never play. Almost uh, never.
0: Trumbull won last year. They did play last year, so maybe the schedule is being fixed for the better. Uh, but you have two of the better quarterbacks in the in the FCA facing off in Justin Keller, who recently committed to uh, I believe Tufts University uh, this weekend uh, or last weekend, uh, and then you got Hunter Agosti on the other side for Trumbull. Um, they got dudes. You know, Kyle Cozley is a great wide receiver, hell of a lacrosse player. Uh, for those who don't know, but they got like three good weapons uh, for Ridgefield. And then you' going to be Trouble. a story
1: about those wide receivers uh, coming out uh, today. Hopefully, it's
0: out before this podcast goes live on Thursday morning.
1: It should be. It should yes. be out tonight. Uh, yeah, you got to write, yeah, write it. Yeah, I got to write it. I talked to the kids yesterday, but I got to write it.
0: Um, And then on Trumbull, obviously, you got Rowan Johnston, who is a scoring machine for Trumbull. Over 20 touchdowns already this year. You got Ben Carley, uh, Jordan Black, my dude at linebacker. Here's the thing about Trumbull, and I talked about Jordan Black a couple of weeks ago. He's Trumbull's probably best defensive player. Ben Carley's playing defense now. He did against the Greenwich game. Um, You know, the Trumbull defense really needs to step up. When they have faced good opponents, they have allowed something like over 36 points a game. All right. And Richfield is one of those good opponents. Okay. So the Trumbull defense really has to step up in this game. This will probably be a high-scoring affair. I'm sure that Coach Callahan and, and Coach Petracio don't want it to be. But I think this one has, you know, 35, 31, you know, 30, you know, 40 to 35, whatever it is, whatever football math is. Uh, this will be a high-scoring affair at McDougal Stadium. Uh, I'm going to go first, and Scott, I'll let you go through it because uh, I know that you are having a tough time picking this game. But I'm,
1: covering, I'm, this game. I'm yes, covering this game. I'm covering this game. You way. are
0: as well. Uh, but I am. I'm about. I'm picking Trumbull. Um, I think. I think Trumbull is that weird team in the act. They're not in the top with the St. Joe's and the Greenwiches and the New Canons this year, but I think they're in that second tier of teams. Oh, and, and Staples. You know, Staples beat Trumbull. Um, but I think that second tier is like Staples, Trumbull, Ridgefield. Uh, Darianne, too. They're on their way back up. But I think they're right on that kind of like right at the top of that second tier of FCAC teams. Um, and I think that they could take a step. They look great in that Staples game. Um, you know, maybe a couple of flags getting left in the pocket didn't really help. But um, yeah, I like Trumbull in this one. I think, I think Trumbull should be 7 and two heading into Thanksgiving um, when they play Saint Joe's but that should lock them up a playoff spot no matter what unlike last year so Scott I know you're pulled you, you don't know which way to go with this game so I'm gonna let you have the floor
1: I'll just talk it out here um, I, I think the key to the game is the you know we talk about the quarterbacks but the the troubles running game if troubles going establish the run against Ridgefield those are the teams that have done well against them Shelton and Greenwich. We're able to St. run Joe's the ball, too. St. Joe's. we able to run the ball against Ridgefield. Ridgefield, the strength of their defense is those DBs. It's the same kids that play receiver, all play defensive back. When you have to pass, like Wilton was down twenty-one nothing to them, had to pass. Everyone in the stadium knows they're passing. Ridgefield gets four picks in that game. That defensive backfield is extremely strong. So the key for Trumbull, I think, is going to be you got to establish that run. If they can do that, I think that they can take this game. Richfield is obviously talented enough to hang with anybody and explosive enough on offense that they could go up early and then force Trumbull to throw it into that nickel defense that Richfield plays. Then Richfield, I think, could could do it. But I agree with you that I think Trumbull wins the battle up front. Uh, I think their linemen are very strong. um, And I think that their defense does just enough. I agree with you. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's gonna be one of those games where it takes 30 minutes to write the box score. But I'm excited to see the game. I'm excited for the action. Um, But I'm going to pick Trumbull also in this game, uh, just because I think that they can win that battle up front. Um, But again, I went back and forth with this game more than any game. I think I've gone back and forth all season. It's really, really, really a toss-up. But I'm I'm picking Trumbull.
0: All right. Oh, we agree there. Also, like, you know, I always give you a hard time or or Brecklin. Like, Brecklin always picks Maloney. You always pick New Canaan. Like you guys are from there, so you have like you know you, you know you played there. Uh, now that I live in Trumbull, I see myself like always picking Trumbull, and I always try to sell it to myself like I'm picking them because I think Trumbull is going to win. And then I'm sitting there and I'm saying, you know, when the lights go out at the field, I'm like, where are my tax dollars going? <laughs> um,
1: but I feel that way when I when I write the feature on the team, I'm like, I should pick Richfield, but I'm like, I, if I'm being honest, I got to pick Trumbull. But I, I obviously I think Richfield could win this game too, but. Okay. I almost um, talking myself back out of it. <laughs> Move on the Holy Cross.
0: <laughs> yes, NBL. yes, NVL, we got six and one Holy Cross the another Crusaders. Uh, they're going to Woodland to play the six and one. I believe Woodland is the Hawks. Uh, two yep. versus three in Class S. Uh, class S is really shaping up to be the NVL like conference tournament. Uh Ansonia's one, Holy Cross is two, Woodland's three. Um, I actually think there might be other, um, I think there might be other uh, NBL teams in the mix in Class S. Uh, Seymour's down there at six, but this one's, it's an interesting one. Holy Cross, six and one with wins over Naugatuck, block field goal to win, and Holy Cross lost by Ansonia. By like a score, and they were in range and they threw an interception. Unlike the one, like Holy Cross hung with Naugatuck and Ansonia. I'm a huge advocate of the Crusaders. But then we don't really talk about Woodland that much. Uh, they're very quiet, they play things very close to the vest. Coach Joe Lado, one of the better coaches in the state, keeps everything close to the vest. I did their preview, he didn't really give me much information. Like they, but here they are, six and one. Uh, Darren Gaspari, the quarterback, is playing very well. And Mason Mastro Pietro, I believe, is how to pronounce his name. He's had some big games for the Hawks. Um, here's the thing. Woodland hasn't really gotten there in their schedule yet, right? They played Ansonia, I believe, week two, lost by 35. Then they've gone and beat the teams in the NBL that they should beat. Holy Cross has had kind of that. They've had those tough games. Even they had a—Holy Cross had to come back and beat Seymour— Um, They're a little bit more battle-tested. Drew Collette, when he gets comfortable in games, you start to see he takes a big step in the game. You're like, oh, this kid can ball. Tom Leagy, one of the best running backs in the league uh, in the NBL, uh, just a bulldozer stud. Um, Since 2004, Holy Cross does lead the Series 7-6. That said, I'm going to go first on this one again because I think I just explained all my reasoning why I'm going with Holy Cross uh i think woodland's a really good team i just think holy cross i think holy cross is is right up there and i think if they get another crack at antonia in the state playoffs it could go either way so you're taking holy cross i'm taking holy cross
1: yeah i mean look when you look at woodland you like you look at all the games You're like the defense has done great except that game against antonia where they lit up 42 points you know otherwise they lit up 28 the rest of the season but like you said they haven't played Seymour. They haven't played nuggets Like they haven't played Holy Cross. Those are their last three games. Um, and I agree with you. Holy Cross has looked really good, even in the game that they lost to Ansonia. I mean, that they almost won that game and easily could have won that game if a play goes here or there different. Um, it's hard to not to pick the Crusaders in this one. Um, I know the game's at Woodland, and I know that this game has been for the last, you know. 12, 13 years has been very close. And I think it's, it's almost even or or one team's up by one right in this series. Um, So it could go either way And the game being at Woodland does matter, but I like Holy Cross this year. I think they're a really strong team. I think they're going to make a run in the States. I think they may even get another shot at Antonio. So um, I'm going with Holy Cross.
0: All right. We are winding down. We're going to go to the Pequot. Uh, not a lot of top flight matchups in the Pequot between, like, you know, top teams in the Pequot uh, like we had last week. Uh, but I picked a game that I still think is kind of a coin flip. It's kind of a toss-up. It's not an easy one to pick. You got 0-7, the Coventry Coventry Co-op. Here's another one. Coventry. And, I yeah. Coventry. <laughs>
1: You'll take Coventry.
0: And they are going to the shoreline to play the old Saybrook-Westbrook OSW Co-op who is is and6 fun fact about the old Saybrook Westbrook football team if I'm correct and I think I am and if I'm wrong I apologize uh, our friend at WTNH Eric Dobrats, was on the first or one of the first old Saybrook Westbrook football teams back in I the did day. not know that yeah if you if Eric if you're listening uh, and you're not, I apologize, but I'm pretty confident you were I'm pretty confident. We've had that conversation before. That's my fun fact about old Saybrook Westbrook. That's
1: awesome. Uh,
0: they are and six. So this is a true toss up. This is a true pick them. There is not a lot of crossover in their schedule. So they play in the two separate divisions in the Pequot. I believe they have one crossover game. Uh, I forgot who it is and I didn't write it down and they both lost, but kind of the same score. So this game is really a true toss up. Um, Old Saybrook, Westbrook beat them in 2015 and 2016. If that helps, uh, I don't think it does. Um, so we're here. I mean, Scott, I'm going to let you go first. You, Who are you picking?
1: Uh, you're going to let me go first. That's yeah, I am nice that's, why, that's
0: why I took the last one
1: first. Um, old Saybrook's at home here. Um, and I think they've just done a little bit better job, you know, in their games, keeping them somewhat competitive. Uh, you know, obviously there's been some lopsided losses, but they've also, you know, you know, when they played CREC, you know, that was a fairly close game. Um, I'm going to go with old Saybrook Westbrook here, uh, just cause they're home. That's, that's my, uh, defining factor in this game.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with OSW as well for the fact that they're home. Um, this, not a lot of like crazy stats or whatever, uh, neither team has stats on max prep. So that kind of didn't help I, I, I either, all right, <clears throat> to the SEC, we got seven and zero foreign going to the shoreline to play the five and two Grilford Grizzlies. Grilford? the Grilford Grizzlies, the Guilford Grizzlies. I will say at the midseason point, I said, guaranteed that Jonathan Law and Florin would both be nine and zero heading into its Thanksgiving matchup. And then a couple of days later, Guilford beat Law to end that undefeated season for Law. And two weeks later, it has another shot to knock off an undefeated team from Milford, the 7-0 Lions. Uh, Guilford, we don't, we don't give them enough love. We don't talk about them enough. They are a very solid program that Coach Anthony Salvati has done a really good job with. Um, the, every time we pick them, it's usually against Branford, and I usually pick Branford, and then Guilford wins, and I kick myself, and I say, why did I do this? Because uh, I know it's going to I, be I did
1: that, but, too. I did that, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Mike O'Brien for Guilford's rush for over 1,000 yards. He's got nine TDs. Uh, for Florin, we talked about Jack Cushman. He's got 22 passing touchdowns a year. He's thrown just three interceptions. And then you got my boy. He's my new favorite player in high school football, Joe Gaetano. Uh, wide receiver. He's got 29 catches for 535 yards and six touchdowns. And the reason why he's my favorite player is because at halftime of foreign games, he grabs his tuba, puts his little, he puts his beret on and he plays with the band.
1: I saw the photo. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I played the tuba. So that's why Joe's my you favorite player. You played the player. tuba.
1: I didn't know that. I about
0: played you. the tuba from like third grade to eighth grade. And then I stopped because I was really bad. Like I couldn't play a B flat note. Which apparently is like the easiest note that you could play.
1: Is, can we get a photo from um, mom and uh, dad? Oh,
0: daughter? I can 100% get a photo.
1: Okay, let's get a photo. I will get a tuba. photo. I'll send it to you. Did you wear like the little majorette costume? Or no, anything? no,
0: I never did marching
1: band. Oh, you were just like in the orchestra school? In the
0: orchestra band. And then one year in the jazz
1: band. And I don't understand Did you have to how... log that thing back and forth to home? Yeah,
0: my mom would have to come every Friday to pick it up. At the school and we put it in the back of the car and drive home and then it would sit and collect you pretend and to clothes. practice right <laughs> yeah pretend to practice and then monday my mom would have to drive me to school with it and she would be mad at me because i never played it yeah yeah i was not a good tuba player but shout out to joe because that's sick uh this has been a close matchup since 2004 uh foreign leads the series eight to seven Um this one is real tough. I like I wanna pick Guilford because I always pick against Guilford and they always burn me. But like Tuba. Right? I mean that's such a small (laughs) world. I'm going with I'm going with Foreign, I'm going with Gaetano, I'm going with Cushman, and I'm going with the Tuba. This is this is how I get myself in trouble with these picks.
1: Um look, Foreign has scored thirty five points at least in every game. Guilford's given up some points. They've given up 29, 33, 47. That's tough. When you go in against a team, obviously they can score in foreign. So how they how is Guilford going to slow them down? I don't know that they do. Um, so I'm also going to take foreign in this game. Um, but yeah, Guilford's burned me a few times, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do again. But I do think foreign's a really solid team. I think they will go into Thanksgiving undefeated, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go tubas. All right, to the SWC we got a very interesting matchup. New New Milford four and three, Bunnell also four and three. New Milford is in Class L, Bunnell is in Double M. All right, no M M. Are we sure? Double M, double M. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I a double L. Sorry, sorry. Oh no, no, double M. All right, so New Milford kind of got a long shot here. L is definitely the tougher of the six playoff divisions. Uh, three losses <clears throat> three losses might not get you in. Uh, four losses, you'll probably be all but out. Um,
1: and New Milford's and, got a brutal end to their schedule.
0: Yes, they got Barlow and New Fairfield to end. So if New Milford wants any shot at going to the playoffs, they need to win this game. They need to win out. Yeah. Uh, sophomore quarterback Darnell Bronson is playing really well um, and not only throwing the ball, but running the ball. He leads the team in rushing as well. Uh, I like New Milford. They're fun. They're a fun team. They're a fun team to root for. But then you got Bunnell on the other side. Much easier path to the double end playoffs. They have to win this week and then they're probably going to win out. Um, though Thanksgiving's always hard against Stratford, Stratford beat them last year on Thanksgiving. Um, in the in the Joe Morelli bowl. Um but, you know, Bunnell, they got dudes. Michael Troverelli. Um he is one of the best uh, I, Italian running back. No. He's one of the best running backs in the state. He really is a a dude and an all state potential player. Um but Bunnell really, really needs this game. Uh they need it more than New Milford does. Uh, if we're being completely honest, uh, if I understand the playoff points, um, so I'm going to go first in this one. Uh, I'm going with Banel. I just I think Banel is just they're right there. Uh, you know they were there in their losses. Um, a couple of things go differently, and they might be six and one or five and two or maybe seven and zero. Oh. Um, they're a really good team, brick by brick, baby. I'm going with Banel.
1: Yeah, Ty Jenkins has this team playing really, really well. And if they can get in those MM playoffs, they're going to be a really dangerous team there. Um, I saw them against Newtown. They were right in that game. Easily could have won that game. Uh, you know, and as for the Green Greenway, they've only lost to Newtown, Mastic, and Cheshire, who are all pretty good teams. Um, and the end of their schedule is very hard. So they have to go into this thinking that this is a must win. I, I don't understand the playoff points either, but if i'm new milford i think i have to go win this game with bunnell um but i really like what bunnell is doing there i like their home crowd it's good atmosphere there down on the hill so i'm gonna go with bunnell also in this one no disrespect to the green wave oh absolutely
0: not both great sean murray's doing a great job there with the green wave ty jenkins scsu grad what up uh he's doing a great job with the bulldogs as well swc
1: football is becoming very fun uh, I enjoy it. Whenever they send me to cover SWC, I, I'm having a good time. There. I
0: know. All right, we got we're down to our final two games. Uh, first up of the last two, we got five and two Notre Dame West Haven going to Rafferty Stadium to play the four and three Jesuits. Now I have a question for you, Scott. Is Fairfield Prep hashtag back because hoping the season they lost three of their first four, and we including getting eaten up by Hamden of the SEC Tier Two. And we kind of just chalked it up. Hey, a lot of new faces, made a great run last year. You know, this is maybe a rebuilding year for Prep. (laughs) Guys which, they're back. All right, three straight wins. They beat Cheshire, Hand, and Shelton. They're right back in the mix of Double L. They have dates with Notre Dame, North Haven, and West Haven. This game is a must win. This game, playoff start, you know, pretty sure if I'm Keith Helstern, and, and that coaching staff for the Jesuits playoff started when they went to Cheshire, when they hosted Cheshire three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Okay. This team is playing well. Uh, Notre Dame they're in, I mean, bully bully knows the playoff system better than me. He's like, they can't catch Notre Dame. Their points, even at five and two are so much higher than literally the eighth team in the standings can get to, um, are they reading their own headlines? Are they listening to me and Sean too much? Um, they're 5-2. and two. Some games you kind of shrug your shoulders. and say, Oh, man, Notre Dame should have won that game. Um, this game means everything for prep. I know Notre Dame obviously wants to win this game. I'm not saying they don't. There's just a lot on the line for prep. And if they could get into the playoffs, that would be great for them after a 1-3 start. This, I, I, there's... Two teams, and they're both playing for an SEC Tier One championship, or uh, SEC Tier One, yeah, I guess championship. And one is playing for their playoff lives, and the other one I'd have had a playoff spot sewn up two weeks ago. Um, doesn't make any sense, Scott. I'll let you go first on this one. Does prep does prep stay hot? I mean, are they are they are they gonna get into the playoffs and and cause some chaos? Because uh, they're looking
1: good. I don't know if they're going to get to the playoffs because that the end of their schedule and their their entire schedule arguably is the hardest in the state this year. Um, this is a great SEC rivalry game. You know, Notre Dame, West Haven always wants to go and beat Prep. I mean, like, you know, for obvious reasons. They're more the working class Catholic school, you know, as opposed to Fairfield Prep. Um, I think Fairfield Prep's losses are, you know, aside from Hamden, are a little misleading. Like, they, they played great in that new Canaan game. You know, they... They held New Canaan in check and just, you know, one or two plays here and and Notre Dame uh, wins that game. Um, You know, Notre Dame, like you said, if they're already in the playoffs and they still have to play Shelton and Hamden and those games, you know, they matter. But do they matter? Like that's one of the screwy things about this new playoff system is that like Notre Dame, West Haven doesn't have to win these games to get in, which is nuts. Um, Can they win this game? Yeah. Uh, But I really think Fairfield Prep has turned that corner and is playing really, really well. And um, no matter how I pick Fairfield Prep, it goes wrong. But I'm going to pick Fairfield Prep here. If I went against them, I would lose and they would give me a hard time. But I'm going to take Fairfield Prep here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with Prep as well. I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't really want to play them right now. Uh, if I was Notre Dame, North Haven, or West Haven, that North Haven game in two weeks is very interesting uh, because they're you know North North Haven in Class M, you know that's kind of a little funky and like they have a tough schedule. Um, I'm sorry, North Haven's in Class Double M. I apologize. You know they have hand this week, which is not tough. And then they're gonna let's say they win, they'll be seven and one. They have prep where like eight and two. I mean, they probably will have the points, but eight and two is not a guarantee in Double M this year. Um, you know, you have Eo Smith and Chini Tech who are five and two at ten and eleven. You know, Platt sitting there at nine at five and two with winnable games going into Maloney. So it, Double M could get weird, but I think this week uh, prep, you know, takes another step forward into potentially going to the back to the Double O playoffs when four weeks into the season we would have laughed at that notion. All right, final game of the week. We got we got five and two Fairfield Ward. The Mustangs are going to Wilton. The Warriors are five and three after a five and zero start to the season. Now Wilton, they knew what they were getting when they had their schedule. They knew that those were all winnable games. They basically have twenty two new starters on the team from a year ago. It's five so and zero start is great. Uh, so young, but. Three losses in a row now. Then you look at Ward. Ward is 5-2. and two. They played... Excuse me. They played very well in um, Fairfield Ward in L. Uh, they played really well. They kept it in check against Darianne for a little bit. And then Darianne kind of blew the doors off of them. Then they lost to Brian McMahon. Uh, great, great win for Coach corhoga and the Senators, but... If you're Ward and you want to get to the playoffs for the first time, you cannot lose that game. Uh, they rallied. They beat Danbury. They're 5-2. and two. They are the last seed in Class L at the moment with Shelton behind them. Here's the thing. Shelton's got more sh- <laughs> schedule strength points. They're going to get more points from their schedule. Um, Fairfield Ward needs to win out and pray. Uh, because even going 8-2 and two might not... Well, okay, if they go 8-2, they beat New Cannon, which might all but lock that up. But right now, you have to win here. Okay? And Wilton is on their heels. Right? I mean, this is an opportune time for Fairfield Ward to beat Wilton. But I'll tell you this. Ward hasn't beat Wilton since 2015. And since 2005, Wilton is 13-3 and three against Fairfield Ward. Scott... You've been toiling over this pick. We talked about it before we jumped on. I'm going to let you go first. Take me through your personal struggle of picking this game.
1: Yeah, um, the loss to McMahon was tough for for Ward, and, and Wilton beat McMahon. I was at that game. But, you know, McMahon's a really so, a, a solid mid-tier FCAC team and, and could have beaten Wilton in that game, too. Um, you know, things kind of went sideways for them, and, and they couldn't rebound. But then Ward comes back and beats Danbury, who I think is a really solid team. You know, and, and that's it wasn't it was 35-22. Like they really handled business in that game. Ward, you know, Darian is not the Darian that they normally are, but Ward was right there with Darian that entire game until the fourth quarter. That doesn't usually happen. You know, the Mustangs a win here ensures the Mustangs have a winning record. If you go back and look, they've been four and six, five and five for years, like they just can't get over that hump and get that winning season. I think this is it, you know? So after this game, they have to go to New Canaan. That's a a really hard game for them. Ludlow on Thanksgiving is obviously winnable, but it's also a rivalry game, so you never know what you're gonna get there. This is the game that the Ward coaching staff has to get those kids 100% focused on, and I think they will be. Like, you win this game, you're in a good position, to make the playoffs, an, an you know a pretty good position to make the playoffs, and you have a winning record, and you are the first team in a long time at Ward to have a winning record, and that means something. It does mean something. So I'm going to go with Ward here. I i originally thought Wilton, but I got to go with Ward. I think they're having a special year there at that school, and and I think they're going to continue with with a win here at Wilton.
0: Yeah, I agree. um Right off the bat, I was going with Ward. Um, Char Gublin. The, he's a Pete Poguaga all team uh, just a good player and you know he had a real up and down the air last year as a sophomore uh, has played really well this year uh, and I like I, I like when a team has an opportunity here to do something that hasn't been done in a while whether it's finish over 500 potentially make the playoffs for the first time um, you know it's a credit to coach Duncan Delavope and uh and the the group over at ward and uh i'm excited i'm I'm excited if they win this game go to six and two a lot of things come to the table for ward that they are in control of which i think is really cool so i'll be going with ward as well so that wraps up the 10 games from this week scott how did you like your your first time on the show did you feel pressure
1: Uh, no, I didn't really feel any pressure. Uh, I'm comfortable with the teams I picked, you know, I know that the teams I didn't pick will whatever. Uh, but I've always said to you when we do these picks on different sports, like you want to put us up on your bulletin board because we picked against you. That's awesome. Like, I think that's fantastic. I I welcome it. And I think it's one of the fun things about doing this, right? Like nothing's personal. We don't dislike Wilton or Genie tech or any of those schools, right? Like we love all these kids, but uh, we got to make the picks, and we try to do them to the best of our ability here, you know, and not be willy nilly. So, hopefully, I just want to pull myself out of out of ninth place. That, that's really <laughs> my goal here, and maybe even move into the top five in the next couple of weeks if I can uh, if I can get on a heater. I got to get on a heater though.
0: Week, week by week right what do football coaches say 1 week and by 0 week each brick week. by
1: brick you gotta yeah. just yeah you gotta just pl- plow away i can only gotta go 1-0 each week yeah 1-0 that's it week. i gotta go 10-0 and 0 each week <laughs> uh, that's impossible not impossible but tough to do absolutely um, i i hope that the the, the this I, I i really appreciate you having me on like it's super yeah. fun to come on these shows and talk it out and like I always just send in my picks, and then my picks in the little box and there's no explanation. So this way I get to at least defend myself and uh, and tell you my thought process here. Yeah, so but this is, this is like, this guy is a moron.
0: Well, this is the dangerous <laughs> part because you say things with such conviction on the show and then they don't
1: happen and then everyone throws it back in your face. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I feel like I was pretty fair at everything I said. I didn't say anything too outrageous, but uh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe Ridgefield's run defense is going to be like, you don't think we can stop the run, dude? We're going to stop the run. I don't
0: know. I'll tell you, a lot of people have had problems stopping Roman Johnson this year.
1: So Yeah, I mean, the Trumbull's got a really good line, and, and they're really good up front. You know, So we'll yeah. see. But, all um, right, well,
0: we will see everyone out at the fields this weekend. Good luck. Let us know if you're happy or sad that we picked you or picked against you. Uh, we will see you all later.